Welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. I'm Leah Kaufman. And I'm John Murphy. Before we begin, I'd like to invite our listeners to tell us more about their interests. So that we can bring you the interviews and information you'd like to hear, we hope you'll take a few minutes to complete the listener survey on our website at www.regenerativemedicinetoday.com. All survey respondents will be entered into a drawing for a McGowan Institute Felice Vest. And now, on to today's podcast. Shelley Zomack and Judy Vensack have long been involved in transplantation as caregivers. The two women also are co-managers of Team Pittsburgh, a group of athletes who are alive today because they received donor organs and who participate in the Olympic-style transplant games. The U.S. transplant games are held every other year in a different city. In 2008, these games take place in Pittsburgh. Let's hear more about that from Ms. Zomack and Ms. Venzak. We're joined today by Shelley Zomack and Judy Vensack. They're the co-managers of Team Pittsburgh, which is a group of people who have received donated organs um, and who are athletes in an Olympic-style um, games that happens every how often, Shelley? Does... Every other year. Every other year. And soon those games will be coming to Pittsburgh. But first, let's find out um, how Shelley and Judy got involved in this by asking them their history with transplant in general. Shelley, how long have you been involved with uh, transplant? Uh, it's been 15 years now, seven years as a nurse, eight years as a coordinator. And um, the games, this will be six. <laughs> that you've been involved with or that have gone on? That we have been involved well, with. Okay, and how long have there been transplant games? Do you know? Well, that's actually uh, officially 1990 was the first year. Okay. Um, but um, it, it's good for all of you to know that there were members from Pittsburgh. They were actually kidney recipients who who participated in not organized games, but they started to build the concept well into the early 80s. So it's been the concept has been around for some time. And transplant really just gained a foothold in the early 80s because that's when effective drugs. Yeah, specifically. Which is, Judy, your specialty right now, is it not? Tell us about your history with transplant. Well, yeah, right now it is, um, Leah. Um, I spent, as you know, Shelley's partner um, over in the lung transplant office about about the same time um, with the university taking care of lung transplant patients who were waiting. Um, But just recently, in the last two years, I joined uh, Novartis Corporation um, in an endeavor that actually was born and bred here in Pittsburgh, which was inhaled cyclosporine. Tell us a little bit about, just so we have a little background on that, what yeah. is it used for and what's the um, significance of inhaled cyclosporine as opposed to a pill? Or Sure. Well, 14 or so years ago, um, Dr. Griffith and his team thought, well, you know, lung transplant recipients were at quite a disadvantage. They're very difficult to immunosuppress. Um, because the lung, you know, in layman's terms, is part of our immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, but they thought, well, really, was it um, a disadvantage? Could they, perhaps, the patients, inhale the, the, the cyclosporine agent and actually go directly to the site where uh, rejection takes place? So they built on that theory, and uh, after 14 years, it finally was embraced by industry. And we, um, we're now working with the FDA. and. Hopefully, in the next couple of years, it'll be available to patients. So the success rate of, or the survival rate of lung transplant could be radically improved, sounds like. Well, that certainly is the, the hope, yes. 
Okay, I'm sure in the many years you've been working in transplantation, you've probably seen a lot of radical changes in the field, um, especially coming out of Pittsburgh, which does so much work on improving um, survival rates and organ procurement and all that good stuff. So, but we're really here to talk about the games. So tell me about your roles in the transplant games. Shelley. Well, Judy and I, back in 2000, were blessed to go to a nursing conference, which happened to provide us with tickets into these games, which we knew nothing of. Within a matter of minutes, Judy and I were hooked. It was the opening ceremonies. Yeah, opening ceremonies. Falling um, like babies. <laughs> Because it was so powerful. It's a terribly moving event. We stress to anybody that comes now along the line that they have to prepare themselves for this sort of event. But at the same time, we went and we couldn't find our team. Because at that point, Team Pittsburgh was so small. There were 17 members who were as strong as they could be, but coming in against Team Philadelphia at 150-some members, they were unrecognizable on the field. And um, being in transplant, we're both talking that, have we ever heard of this? Why is this so new to us? And so that's, that was our motivation and drive through the rest of the uh, week there and making our notes and who we needed to talk to when we came back. And um, lo and behold, Judy had a contact at the National Kidney Foundation. It was actually a recipient. Uh, well, actually, she was just added to the waiting list, and she worked at the Kidney Foundation. It was just like fate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she helped hook us up with um, Bonnie Gorman, who was the CEO at that time, who embraced us. So you came back to Pittsburgh and began organizing a larger team? Mm-hmm. How do you An organized team, a team with a purpose, <laughs> because there was a lot of uh, organization that actually had to even take place because we have a big region here. Uh -huh. It's not just the city of Pittsburgh, and, and everyone should know that our Alleghenies region is half of the state of Pennsylvania and um, most of West Virginia, mm. so there was a lot to be done. How do you approach a transplant recipient about participating on a team. And do you look for people who have already shown some athletic ability, the runners, the javelin throwers, the walkers, or do you approach just anybody and, and suggest that perhaps they embrace this as a new lifestyle so that they can look forward to participating in games down the road? I mean, your athletes by trait are always somebody easier to convince mm -hmm. into doing an event like this. But we went after everybody. Anybody who wanted to be involved and be involved in this sort of group. We didn't care if they played a sport or if we needed to try new sports as we went along. And some each year try a new sport until they figure out what they can actually do and, and feel very successful in. We try to make this a team who is con combined because they're happy together. Our team is a support for each other. We like to be able to pull them together, not just, although medals are good, and they all like to get their medals, we like them to grow as a team and be close and supportive of each, of each other. Excellent. So the next games are, tell us again, when do the next games happen? July 11th through 16th of 2008. And where again are those happening? I'll be right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Excellent. How many participants are you anticipating here in Pittsburgh? 
The National Kidney Foundation is reporting that they're anticipating 1,500 athletes at the next games. Wow. Um, 800 donor families and three to 400 living donors. Okay. And how many volunteers does it take to support this sort of effort? Probably 350 to 400. Wow. How's your recruitment going for volunteers? It's just in the kickoff phase of starting to collect names and you know areas that people might be more interested in. Okay. I think we may be able to help by directing some of our listeners to, um, to you, Shelley, um, to perhaps volunteer if they're interested. And who sponsors an event like this? The National Kidney Foundation is the housing um, event. Um, Novartis is a major sponsor. Coca-Cola, the University of Pittsburgh, and um, Pitt have made a major contribution to bring these games here. Um, CORE and the NKF of the Alleghenies will be working along with us to help build this event in our, our location. Is um, our donations from, from individuals an important part of sponsoring an event like this? Yeah, I mean, I think anything. Um, they go after the big corporations, but sure. um, all, all donations are always wonderful, whether okay. it's team sponsorship or the local game sponsorship. Okay. So I, I hear you saying about the participants that um, it's not so much about ability, but about being a part of something. It's Go ahead. Well, can I say this? Um, the games, you know, they're, they're a four-day event. They're a mm -hmm. sporting event okay and that serves on on many fronts the sports not only it brings together kind of that um, Olympic feel um, but the uh, participants actually um, compete against others in their age group and their gender and the um, the competitiveness really ranges from you know throwing a softball to some really very committed bikers and runners and swimmers um, so I think that any recipient who wants to join an effort to, and this is the bottom line here, to draw attention to really the success of transplantation, mm -hmm. really, really the success, and, and to make a goal as they're rehabbing. So we, you know, when you asked Shelley who we target in terms of, of members, and she was absolutely right. We, we ask everyone to get involved in their families. Um, many of their families are living donors mm -hmm. um, because that's another facet to these games. Um, this, or, this, this event pays tribute to the nation's donor families, and that's very moving because I think the athletes, you know, throughout their post-transplant period have looked for ways to thank their donor families. Gee, what better way to, to get out there and say, hey, look, I'm living life. I'm mm -hmm. running. I'm swimming. Um, so whether they barely make it through 50 meters or they're, you know, breaking records. I have to tell you, both athletes receive ovations. It's really very moving. So um, uh, I hope that helps your question. But. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was thinking that the, the being a part of this community of other recipients and families, I mean, it's one thing to be a part of the community of caregivers in the hospital, but then you go home, you're rehabbing, I imagine that there's sort of a what next feeling for some organ recipients, and um, maybe this is what that. this Absolutely. is what's next. This, in this some could cases. be, and in fact, it's 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 really actually we have seen um, members of our team join and really almost 
really go from almost a state of, as you say, emptiness. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I don't want to say depression, but, you know, it really, what's next? Transitions like that are hard. Transitions I'm sure are very huge. difficult. You don't know what, yeah. And come out of it with friendships, mm -hmm. come out of it, you know, and um, with, with a support network, with a goal that they accomplish, and with a feeling that they thanked their donor families. Mm -hmm. And I imagine this raises awareness, too, of the need for donation, both living donor and deceased exactly. donor. Exactly. That's one of the missions of the event, you know, yeah. and the Kidney Foundation kind of embraces organ recipients across, so it's not just heart transplant recipients or lung or, or mm -hmm. kidneys. It is, you know, really a, co a collective effort to raise organ donor awareness. You can sort of say, look what Absolutely. we can all do. Look at us now. Here's, yeah, an incredible bunch of stories of survivorship. So how does an athlete find a team? I know, and well, how many teams are there? Well, that's a trick question because, <laughs> uh, because the United States in the Kidney Foundation world, it's broken up into regions. So we'd, we'd like to say that there are 50 states with 50 teams. However, it, you know, each region of the Kidney Foundation. So each state is represented. Mm -hmm. So we could say that there are representatives from every state in the United States. And we have some participants from Hawaii. And a couple of countries There was one from Canada at the last games, but they come internationally, um, depending on how many. It's open for mm -hmm. the international travel. Um, but if they get on um, transplantgames.org, they can go in and actually put in their zip code, and they'll find their team manager so that they can contact their local team and know where they fall in geographical regions. Are team managers often from transplant centers, as you both no, we're a rarity. So they could be family members. We're or actually probably the only volunteers who do this work. I see. Because Most it's typically assumed by the Kidney Foundation mm -hmm. employees. Oh. But um, what we found was, well, you know, in, in this area, in our region, at the time when we really had this passion to, to really grow this team, um, they, you know, Bonnie didn't have an infrastructure with a large employee base. So we said, we, we want to do this. Mm -hmm. And um, still are. And, it's, and, and <laughs> still are. So yeah. now, you department know, department we're... kept us on board, and the team is so much behind us because we know them. It's very different for our team to travel with us because their parents or caregivers are a little less leery because they're traveling with two nurses. Well, they get everything. They get, a co they get two coordinators. They get managers. They get, you know, passionate yeah. healthcare, healthcare professionals. <laughs> and they get friends. I mean, mm -hmm. we really... Yeah. We really are almost best friends with everyone on that team. And so. yeah. Tell me about the events. What sort of events are in the games? Well, um, so it, much like the Olympics, um, the summer games, um, the events include track and field and swimming. They include um, cycling. Um, they include, actually, you know, this is where we're going to get into the, the wide variety of competitive competition levels, golf, uh, bowling, um, there are a number of racket sports. I mean, everything from tennis to badminton to mm -hmm. table tennis. They have um, racquetball, which is, is, is actually um, one of my favorite. Um, there is basketball, which is a, that's really a, a crowd favorite, a crowd pleaser, because um, I think each and every team gets into um, supporting the evening events with their basketball teams. Volleyball. Bowling. I am. 
It's a full docket. It, it yeah, is a full docket. It's 12, yeah. 12 different categories. Well, certainly, because when we when I said track and field, you know, that, that is a full day of events because you, you have everything from the softball throw to the shot put to the, to the discus to all the running events and um, a 5K race. And we should mention that the, the event is usually kicked off with a 5K. And, you know, when you asked how people can get involved or athletes can get involved, you know, there are going to be a number of activities that folks can just, you know, like the 5K walk race that kicks off the event, just come down and, and find out how they can, can walk and support the cause. And can um, members of the community come and watch events? And is there a fee to get in? You can register for the whole week, okay. or it's a $10 a day pass. Um, and so, yeah, we... Opening ceremonies is open. It's not even a charge event, so we can get people in and interested. If they want to come back, we strongly encourage, oh, and we really back. are hoping that being here in the community, it'll open everything up so that more people can see and understand, and we're trying to justify the clinics and the hospital accordingly because a lot of patients who are traveling in, a lot of UPMC recipients are on teams across the country. Mm -hmm. and don't always get back to their transplant center. Mm -hmm. But many are already starting to call and schedule appointments so that they can just stop and see their surgeon that yeah. they may not have seen in years. Yeah. Do you need, do, you, do games like this require a lot of specialized medical volunteers? They are completely staffed with medical staff, both transplant-based and um, orthopedics. Sports mm -hmm. medicine. Sports medicine. Um, professionals. Sure. I mean, you know, when you think about the, the patients and the recipients um, who are s still so fragile, mm -hmm. um, some after even just six months of being transplanted, they're, they're eligible to participate in these games. So it takes a tremendous effort m from a medical community to support these folks. And so you need a medical community in place to be a host city. I yes, there, there will be medical staff at every event in every location. So Pittsburgh is actually sort of a natural choice. For it's ideal. Have, has Pittsburgh hosted these games before? Is this the first time? This is the first time we've been granted. Oh, well, we hope we'll come back again. Um, so I think we've just about covered everything, unless you think there's a kid. Well, our, our team has a local website that, oh, if, um, that. Yes. if any of the listeners were interested in learning more about, you know, not only the games, but some of the area, you know, team representatives, um, you, you can access that website at www.teampittsburgh.org, all one word. Okay. And that's our very own. It's not a professional website. Okay. <laughs> um, what it is, it's, it's very heartfelt, and it's a very informative website, and it, it will certainly share with the community what we're out there doing to, again, number one, um, trying to impress, impress upon people to sign their organ donor cards, number two, getting ready for these games. That's, that's our, our goals in order. I did want to ask you um, before we go how the games have changed or grown over the years as transplantation itself has changed. Or maybe those aren't related at all. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if they're related. But I can tell you this, that um, since the year 2000, um, Walt Disney World was involved. And it seems that the two years that they hosted the Transplant Olympics, it seems as though they were that you know, obviously they had enough um, um, leverage and to, to really uh, put money and, and, and attract companies like Coca-Cola, like some of the bigger, I mean, 
I'm not sure by number how many media spots they attracted, but since the year 2000 and 2002, I think that that was probably the biggest change in getting the word out there. You know, there were clips, um, there were the athletes, um, Sean Elliott, who is a NBA ba uh, basketball player. He's um, also um, a celebrity spokesperson. Um, he got involved in 2000. Mm -hmm. um, it seemed like that was a turning point for the games. And so now we have, you know, Oscar Robertson, who donated a kidney to his daughter. We have Larry Hagman, who, who makes an appearance, and he's actually um, doesn't, you know, he not only, um, uh, hosts the opening ceremonies, but he, he, he actually has really embraced the donor tribute ceremonies. Um, Ken Howard. Ken Howard for the White Shadow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, you know, it, I think so that was the turning point. For Team Pittsburgh, it certainly was a turning point because when Shelley mentioned there were 17 members, we have now almost 60 plus at any given time recipients, you know, because pay, people get, you know, ill or they get, they have to take a arrest maybe a year off or two, but um, you know we're really going to expect a big team this year being local, mm -hmm. and that's going to be important. So if anyone out there knows of a neighbor or or you know um, a family member or a friend or a work colleague who has either had a transplant or perhaps knows a donor family, you know I can't stress enough importance about the donor family component to this team. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really excited, and we've grown quadruple-fold. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for telling us about this, and um, we'll look forward to this celebration of survivorship, donation, um, support, and, uh, and thriving. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Sure. Thanks, Leah. For more information about the transplant games, see the links on our site at www.regenerativemedicinetoday.com. And don't forget to join us for our next podcast on the latest from the field of regenerative medicine two weeks from now. If you have ideas for future podcasts or you'd just like to give us some feedback, please send us an email at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. We appreciate all the input we received and look forward to continued input from all our listeners. We can't reply to individual emails, but we do welcome your suggestions. And please let me remind you that we are not physicians and cannot provide diagnosis or medical advice. We do hope you'll stay subscribed to the RSS feed of this podcast, sponsored by the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine, at www.regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Join us again in just a few weeks.